You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. After the uh, wild lose 2 1 to the Colorado Avalanche tonight, uh, third game of their four game series. Some bad news in that Jared Spurgeon didn't play the entire third period. Uh, we don't know exactly what's wrong yet. Zolgad and Declan Goff, as always, from Judd's Hockey Show. Um, and Declan, your first impressions off a game that that both teams were were certainly hammered by injuries. Uh, but this struck me as a game that the Wild had a very good chance to win and was in the entire game. Um, and I thought they played okay. There, there were a couple guys who struggled. But this did seem like an opportunity where two points were, were certainly available because without McKinnon playing, this is not the, not the high-flying abs that they are when he's in. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely in their grasps. Obviously, I mean, Colorado is more banged up and missing as just as many players as the Wild are. And you could see throughout the entire game, I think, that Kevin Fiala's presence was definitely missed this evening. Um, I mean, no question. There was plenty of chances in front of the net, Judd, that you just got to bury. Um, I, I know Cam Talbot had a couple fluky goals tonight. I wouldn't say it was Cam's strongest game. At the same time, I don't think Cam cost the the team uh, two points tonight. Um, obviously, Carson Soucy's missed opportunity there in the last scrum, Judd. I think that was the one that we're all going to remember, really, because he had the wide-open net, just couldn't – I don't know how he doesn't find the back of it, for God's sakes. On the side of the um, net. On the side, but that's not a goal. We need to get mm-hmm. in the net, man. So, um, yes, a winnable game. You get Kevin Fiala back for the, for the, for the finale of this four-gamer with Colorado. I'm excited to see what happens there. But a, a winnable game. Definitely a winnable game for the well. Now, the good news is this. We had, ladies and gentlemen, a Bigfoot sighting. We had a wild power play goal tonight. Kaprizov got a – the Wild scored a power play goal. By my count now, they are, um, if, if I'm correct, they were one for three on the power play tonight, Declan. They are now three for 42 on the season. Yes. So a power play goal. Um, I also thought – so as far as guys on the Wild who I thought had strong games decks mm-hmm. – Greenway, I thought did, and that Greenway, that Greenway Eck, and now with uh, Felino out, Hartman line looked really, really good to me. Um, just as far as as how much they can uh, bring it, I also thought that your old pal Brad Hunt back on defense, he had a nice game. He did, uh, but I I will say this: if Spurgeon cannot play on on Thursday against the Avs in Denver again. Fiala will be back from his three-game suspension for that game, but you'll be without Felino, Dumba, Zuccarello, Johansson, and Spurgeon. And to your point, um, the, the Abs also were without six guys in this game, starting with McKinnon, who is a marvelous player. Um, I, I thought that <clears throat> I thought that McCarr, Kale McCarr, had a great game. Now I will say this: NBC Thank Sports, you. NBC Sports loved him. Because I, I think that just about every chance they got to uh, highlight a player yeah. tonight, and I don't blame him. Kid's a great player. He's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's going to it's going to be tough. And uh, by the end of that game, so in the third period tonight, 
you are skating Suter a ton, which is not ideal. In fact, I did not think that, that he, he had a great game. He was on the ice for both goals against tonight. Uh, Brodeen, Cole, and Hunt. So I'm, I'm not sure who, who they're going to add as the potential sixth defenseman for the game on Thursday night. Uh, but it has gotten to a point now where on that blue line, it's going to be some trouble. And I really do think that we have found, especially now, that if Suter is asked to play too much, it gets to be a problem. Yep. So that's going to be an issue. But, uh, yeah, fun fun game. And um, for what both teams had, uh, the, the Talbot goals, I would agree, weren't great. I thought he played okay overall. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, first goal was, which was what the the one that uh, O'Connor scored from the side of the net, which I think deflected. It might have deflected off Spurgeon from what they were saying on TV. And then the uh, second goal was the rebound off the faceoff uh, that made it two nothing in the second period. So, um, so we are for the first time on Judd's uh, show, we are going to take people coming into the room like we did on on uh, Ventline, yeah. correct? We are. So here's what you want to do. If you want to join the show with us, if you if you're welcome to uh, get your face on the get, get, get your mug on this screen here with us, you're welcome to join by emailing vikingsventline at gmail.com. Yeah, we're, we're just going to keep that as the Vikings branding. Uh, we do this with Purple Daily. We do this after Vikings games. We've done this uh, before. If you'd like to talk hockey with us, by all means, email me vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll get you on the screen. If not, Judd and I will, will continue to talk puck for I mean, well, Judd and I could probably do it for for a very long time, but yes. we do have another job tomorrow we have to do, we have to be ready for. At the same time, if you want to talk puck with us, email vikingsventline at gmail.com, uh, and, and we'll get you on the screen. So your thoughts as far as what, what the, uh, if Spurgeon's out here, Dex, uh, mm-hmm. what they're going to be facing? Because, again, I will say this. It's become very clear to me that if Suter plays as much as he was accustomed to at one time, I think you're pushing your luck. I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be a disaster. I do think it's asking a lot for him at this age. It is. Uh, I mean, with your being with you being down, Matt Dumba, that's already kind of a loss. Obviously, um, I, that means Brad Hunt was had to play play a significant minutes tonight. And look, Brad Hunt had a, a solid game, but he's also Brad Hunt. I talked to our pal, Lindsey Brown, a former member of Judd's Hockey Show, now down in Las Vegas and CBS Sports Radio. And uh, it, it sounds like Brad Hunt still has a lot of fans in Las Vegas in the Sin City. My God, that guy's just still their number one fan. And, and, and you wouldn't think so. Given the fact they made the Stanley Cup and they have all these great talent. But Brad Hunt, the legend of Brad Hunt, lives in the Sin City and now, I guess, also here in the state of hockey. But if Spurgeon is out long-term... Um, that's going to be a significant issue. You know, I, I know Kalen Addison was the top prospect that they got back in that Jason Zucker trade. I don't know if he's ready to step in and play 17 minutes a night. Um, Louis Belpedio is another player who was a dynamic player at, at University of Miami, Ohio in college hockey. I watched him play a lot when yep. I was at St. Cloud State. He can probably step in and fill the void, and, and he would probably be the first guy up, I would assume, to to replace Jared Spurgeon. But you don't really, at the same time, replace him. That's that's pretty damn tough to do. Oh, yeah. So. If you start, I mean, look, the bread and butter of this team is the blue line, Judd. We all know that. So you lose Dumba, all right, not the end of the world, but still significant loss. You lose Jared Spurgeon, Mm -hmm. and now there's cracks in the ice. You're starting to fall through. The ice is thin, for the lack of a better word. So if they lose Jared Spurgeon, this is going to be in trouble. Because, I mean, Cam Talbot didn't have a strong game tonight, but at the same time, this defense makes it easy on the goaltending. That's why the goaltending for the last seven years has mostly been, outside of last year, a pretty strength of this team. You start losing those defenders, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. So, and so Spurgeon got hurt in the 
second period. I didn't see exactly if he got if he took a hit or what. Did you? I couldn't tell from what he, he didn't come back. I, I couldn't tell if there was a because I don't think that there was a play where I saw him actually go off the ice and look like he was injured. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really notice he was gone until the announcers realized he was gone. I don't know if I looked down at the wrong time or what, but I, I didn't know what the significance was why he had to leave the game. Brady just put up a comment, Dex, that is near and dear to your heart. Kaprizov <laughs> and Fiala on the same line, or we riot. Um, the issue is, and, and I, I saw the the uh, uh, the quote that you put up before this one essentially said, "Why is Kaprizov playing with bums?" Um, the issue again comes back to this, though. If you don't put him with Eck, and I know, and I mean, Dean loves the Eck lines because they work hard, right? Um, but if you don't put him with with Eck now, your choices, for instance, tonight on your other three lines, not including um, Eck, were Rask, Bukestead, Benino, and he he played on the line with Rask, but. Like that's not three great choices here. So I I don't know what to tell you. And here's the problem too. So let's say that they pair when uh, Fiala comes back on Thursday. Let's say they pair him with Kaprizov. Who centers them then? Like this is the problem. I outside of Eck, there's nobody who you're going to put them with. Who I'm going to say I love that. That's a great idea. I'm not saying that they won't score, and I'm not saying that they can't be good. What I am saying is I think the the comments reflect an accurate assessment of the fact that yeah, can we stop pairing the free <laughs> with bums to start the game? And and look, Preston, I don't disagree with your overriding point here, but my point is, I am looking at the uh, combinations that the wild put out there tonight line wise and, and yeah. okay, if Fiala comes back or when he, he comes back on Thursday for game four of this series, I'm going through this and I'm asking myself, what center are we going to say? Oh, okay. Now they've got it. I mean, you just don't t- to uh, beat a dead horse that we're going to have to beat until this is addressed Dex. You don't have that guy. You just don't like, you don't have a, you don't have a guy to put, put Kaprizov with who I think we're all going to say absolutely th- thumbs up now I think that personally I'd like to see him with Eck because I think Eck is your best player at that spot now but beyond that I'm at a loss here I'm I'm at a loss for what is going to, to truly work um, and I don't know until this is addressed in some type of trade or something that there is an answer to uh, for the people who are frustrated by something that I'm sure frustrates the wild as much as it does its fan base. Dex. Yeah, Judd, that, and that, that's where I'm, I'm not asking, look, I, it was fun to do the reckless speculation as we did when Pierre-Luc Dubois first started, had those rumors pop up. I knew he was going to cost the farm. And obviously it worked out really well that you had line A and Dubois basically being swapped, disgruntled player for disgruntled player, whatever, that's fine. I, at this point, I'm not asking for a blockbuster trade. Um, even with the team playing very well, I'm just looking for a competent, normal top six center. Not 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 game changer. Can I throw a name out? Center. Yes, can please. I throw a name please. out? Um, so so I, I believe this surfaced on Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken, on, on Hockey Night in Canada from Elliot Friedman. Um, and it sounds like this trade request was made via an agent through Friedman, but has not been made to the team yet. But he wants out. Sam Sam Bennett of Calgary. Ooh. who has not been great. He's a high draft pick and he has not been great. And, and he has played uh, some wing as well. 
but he definitely can play center. Um, he's got experience there. If you put him on the wild roster right now, I think he'd probably be right around like with Eck, like because I, I, I mean they just don't have guys, right? So, so what would would your thoughts be? And I'm sure the price, you know, I, I mean, you wouldn't get him for free, but he wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. What would your thoughts be if just short term you could plug Sam Bennett of the Calgary Flames in, and then you'd probably play him with Kaprizov? Considering it would be let's just let's just call it a fourth round pick. Can we just can we just call it that? I, third to fourth, yeah. Sure. Let's sure. call it a fourth round Go pick. Ahead. You call it whatever or, you want. Or, or even, you know, if you wanted to do a straight up swap, Marcus Johansson for Bennett, I'm all ears. You're, um, yeah, you're terrible. But but uh I'd be curious. I would take a shot on it. I mean, just just looking at numbers overall. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I mean he he scored eighteen goals his rookie year as a nineteen year old and looked like he was gonna set the world on fire and be a a, a nice player with Johnny Goudreau in Calgary. Since then, he has cooled off. He posted double-digit goals the next two or three seasons. He doesn't shoot the puck a ton. His Corsi numbers were good, but that's typical Calgary as well. Um, Worth a shot? Yes. Um, Would I be jumping up for joy? No. But I think with how starved I am, when I see Victor Rask, don't don't get me wrong, working his ass off on that final couple shifts there, getting the puck deep, going past the defender, doing everything he can, I will still probably take a chance on Bennett. I would still probably take the chance on Sam Bennett. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. You can't, you cannot afford, and this is true of you, me, the fan base. We cannot afford to be picky. If you can get, uh, so basically what I'm saying is if you can get a body who you, you would say could be suitably plugged in and be, and be ordinarily a second line guy, you have to take it right now. Yep. You have to. And you're so banged up right now that you had, God bless him too. He works hard. He fought. He's a little guy. You had Kyle Rau on the ice tonight when the goaltender was pulled. So like that's how that's how far your depth is is down. And but I get, wrote a note down here too. Mm-hmm. Ky, Kyle Rau took on uh, JT Comfer. Okay, Comfer is six feet, one hundred and ninety-two pounds. Kyle Rau, five eight, one seventy-six. Good for him. Good for him. And you know what that was? Spontaneous fight. You know what I don't mind? Spontaneous fights. That was a spontaneous fight. That wasn't this crap. I saw the Ducks and Kings started their game tonight. Same BS. Guys are now planning fights during warmups. This is what this is the thing now. Again, probably. So I'm not kidding you. So we had another planned. Oh, let's put the Dukes up to start a game. If you have a fight during the course of a game because a kid like Makar gets hit. Good for you. But yeah, just to, to go back, if you can get a guy, and I don't even know. See, th- this is my question. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Bill Guerin's thought process, is trying to address a, a huge position of need for short-term success part of the plan? And I don't know that yet. Like, I can't tell for sure. So so the point, the point being is, I, I think if you look realistically, at the division, the West, that the Wild's in, right? I think there is a great chance to grab that four spot. So you'll be a playoff team, or you should be. I, I think so. The it's Kings, tracking that way. The Kings, the Ducks, Coyotes, right? Sharks, ugh. But the question is, oh, okay, if you grab that spot, your first-round opponent is going to be the first-place team, which is going to be the Avs, the Golden Knights, or the Blues. So I guess what I come back to is, 
does Bill Guerin think it's important enough to try to pull off a trade to help the team short term at at a vital position? Or is he going to allow this to ride a bit with much more of an eye towards building something for the 21-22 season? So that's, that's why I think that, no, I, I think Garen's going to do something to at least try. I, I, I don't see a situation where he just lets Victor Rask be this person. I don't see a situation where Marcus Johansson continues to, I mean, score a clutch goal every once in a while, but mostly drive you mad. Uh, Mick Bukestead, although I think he has played solid, has not necessarily lived up to the potential still of, of who he was supposed to be. I think we're now figuring out who Nick Bukestead is, and it's a bottom six guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Bukestead could have a, a nice little career in the NHL as a bottom six guy. If you, especially if you can carve out a role like that, you can make a great living doing that. At the same time, it, he's also probably not going to be your top-line center. So I think Garen does something. I don't think it's significant. I don't think it's mortgaging the farm to get someone like Lainey or Dubois. Um, is it... Is it realistic to maybe throw something out like Sam Bennett? Sure, that's probably easy to obtain. Adam Beckman's been someone too. That's a big prospect. I don't think Beckman's ready to make that jump either. We were hoping it would be Marco Rossi after World Juniors. Ro- Marco Rossi isn't going to be playing this year, guys. Nope. I mean, I would I would be shocked. Nope. He, he's he's basically done. It, it sounds like he's got a very significant health issue behind the scenes with COVID. Hmm. Like, on a, it's extremely unfortunate and at this point i'm ready for him to get healthy and 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 move past that and hopefully he's ready to go by the start of the regular next season in the fall of 2021 um and and the name i've been throwing out obviously was nick schmoltz in arizona you know he wouldn't come cheap like bennett i don't think he'd be as expensive as dubois or line either so it's more of how can you facilitate that trade and i because i think the trade's gonna have to come I would be shocked if it wasn't from in the division, just like they did with Ian Cole. That's why I'm so intrigued with Arizona and Schmaltz. Well, if, if they if they tr- traded with the Flames, I think that Bennett would have to quarantine seven days here. Yeah, but he wouldn't have. But he wouldn't have to. And and if the Wild sent the Flames picks, it'd be a wash for them. So I, you could trade outside. Um, it's not as big a deal in the states. I think the Canadian rule is is a must quarantine for like. 14 days. Um, and the the reason why the coal trade worked with the abs was, was because they, they were both teams were in California at the same time. But I think you would trade outside the division if you could. Um, the question to me becomes because it's a premium position and guys are hard to find. Are you going to get a deal that as a short term fix is palatable for your team? And that's the one I don't know, because I do think Garrett's a smart guy and I do think that he is realistic enough to say this i'd like to get something to help dean and the club short term but but to your point about schmaltz you're not going to give up the farm for a fix that you don't think is the long-term fix that's that's where it gets dicey and intriguing but if you put this team right now with fiala back if you put and johansson back and spurgeon back and let's say um dumba back I still don't see how you win a playoff series without at least one upgrade at center. I just don't. Right. And be, because the the line would probably be probably be ideally in a playoff series your checking line and they would generate some offense but they would check more. Um but if you're going to if you're going to throw out Bukestead, Benino who by the way now is fourth line. Like they've realized there's not a ton there. Benino and Rask. And Rask is playing 
with more important people now than Benino is. And so, like, they sort of like Rask. And I just, I go back to this. Rask is, Rask is not the punchline that he was when he got here. And I sure. do, and I do think he's improved himself. And I do think his skating, I don't know if it was because he was hurt or what. I do think the skating has improved Declan. But I also, when I watch him play against a team like the Avs, which is an extremely fast team, he can't keep up. And that's not his fault. And that's not going to be, that's not going to, uh, to change. So if we're talking about a seven game series, I don't see how you can be competitive unless I can take um, Rask, Bukestead, or Benino and uh, significantly upgrade at least one of those and bump a couple guys down. I don't see how that works. But the Wild might say that's fine because this is all part of our process. And I don't know that they would definitely say no bleep it, we're going to go out and make a significant trade to try to upgrade now when, to your point, you know, they've got guys coming. Rossi is coming. And so they could just basically put the brakes on and and gear their thought process towards next year instead of being concerned about this year. Yeah, quickly before um, before I, I answer your question there, number one, Jared Spurgeon, upper body injury, says Dean Evason, and there's no timetable yet. On the injury, it is upper body, UBI, as they love to say, uh, upper body injury for Jared Spurgeon. And also this comment, too, from Ezekiel, Rask is hungrier than Benino and Bukestead. That's true. Like, that, that is honestly true. He is hungrier than Bu- uh, Benino and Bukestead. Yeah, which is surprising. Uh, Benino, I'm shocked by that. Yep. It's not a bad point. Uh, Bukestead, I covered him with the Gophers, too. This is him. He is a passive person. He is a passive hockey player. Um, what you see, and he's not bad. He's not a bad player. And I do think that he definitely has like a fourth line role. So on a good team, but with Nick Bukestead, Declan, I don't think that there is another gear there. Like there might be on certain nights, but to say that, to say that Rask is hungrier is probably might be true, but you are, what you're getting from Bukestead like tonight is what you're going to get. But, you know, I'm a little bit uh, surprised. I thought he would bring it more. But with Bukestead, I, I, because he's got the size. Like, you look at him and you say to yourself, he should be doing way more. He should be hitting more. He should be driving to the net more. He should be doing X, Y, and Z. And and he's not as good a player. But he reminds you, as far as assertiveness at times, of, of and this guy's good, but he had the same problem, Charlie Coyle. Buke's just not as good, but, but as far as the, you know, just be assertive, dude. Right. And the tendencies. Yeah. tendencies. Well, and you know, the tendency to take a shot when he could drive to the net, the tendency not to hit a guy. I I think he's six, five Declan. Yeah. He's a big boy. I mean, you're six, five hit people. Sure. Got some calls. Uh, no, no, no calls yet. If you want, if you want to join us by all means, Vikings at gmail.com. Otherwise Judd and I will gladly still talk puck with you guys. We appreciate your comments coming on on YouTube. Subscribe to us. That is score North MN hit that subscribe button right there. We're also breaking down so many Kirk cousins, trade rumors, uh, Kirk cousins rumors all over the place on purple daily. That's purple daily MN as well. Go find it. We're both on YouTube. We're on Mackie and Judd as well. Apple, Spotify, score North. We will still be breaking this down. This is just Judd and I's uh, Zen moment. We are so sick in the head that I even I'm out of Corona Hard Seltzer's, a proud sponsor, of Score North. So I had to pull a tequila on ice right now, Judd. After that loss, Phil would be very proud. On Phil Tuesday night, breaking down a hockey game uh, on YouTube with our loyal audience here. So that 
That is what we do on Judd's Hawk Show. If you want to join, we'll get you on the screen, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Otherwise, Judd and I will continue to wrap it up or continue to talk some puck here with you. But, yeah, at, at this point, if, if you're looking at your center depth, it is what it is. You have Kirill Kaprizov basically dragging this team along, and, and tonight's result is exactly what you saw. I mean, yeah, he gets the power play goal, but there's so many moments where he, he makes this, what was it, Judd? I think in the second period, he's coming in on the near side, makes this insane drop pass. And I'm, I hate drop passes at the blue line. I, agree. I literally despise it. It is like one of the, it's one of the casual uh, one of the things I usually rip hockey fans like oh you don't know but like I just I'm a big fan of either bring the puck in and be confident with it or get it deep but please for the love of God don't make a turnover that's unnecessary at the same time he is mm-hmm. so dang good and so talented and draws so much talent uh, so much attention he leaves this great drop pass to I believe it was Hartman I forget who or someone was on his wing that probably was not expecting this pass. It might have been poor Luke Johnson. And Johnson didn't know what to do with the puck, so he fans in the shot and has no chance getting that one on goal. But that's what Kaprizov does. He's literally, he's basically, Judd, being an ifto de facto center playmaker. Yeah, so yeah. Because he, he can create so much talent and space around him. Yep. So that's why I, I, when, if Fiala comes back on Monday, and this is what I, I also, I told Lindsay this as right, well give, last night on Lost give me this. Video. Do, do what this Colorado Avalanche team did two years ago before they're at their peak right now. Say, we have one line. We have one line. Try to stop it. And the line is Kaprizov and Fiala, and I don't care who is in the middle. At this point, I don't care. You got to care a little bit. You got to care a little bit. bit. Oh, fine. Who let's is call it? it? Let's call it Bukestead. Let's just call it Nick Bukestead. Okay, let's, 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 for this example, let's say it's Nick Bukestead. But on the wings are Kaprizov, who's basically an if-de-facto center. You have Kevin Fiala, who wants the puck on his stick all the damn time and, and is commanding it and wants, wants to score the big-time goals. Say, this is our top line. We are going top-heavy here. We'll play depth everything down below. Let's go. And you know what? If, if, if Joel Erickson Eck is that guy, if Joel, I don't think Dean will do that because Eck is their best center. But if, if you can put these two kids together, that's going to be your best shot, man. That's going to be your best shot to drive offense consistently. And it's not going to get you far until you get a number one center, but that's what you're going to have to do. Put Kaprizov and Fiala on the same line on Thursday. That's what I would do. All right. I buy that. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to say it again. I told you last episode, I believe, and I will give it to you again. If you put Fiala and Kaprizov on the same line, okay, you have enough talent there that you need your center to do, I think, two things. One, keep up, which Rask can't do. I don't think Bukestead can. Um, and I don't think Benino can. So you need him to keep up, and you need him to be able to facilitate making plays, all right? When he comes back, I'm going to tell you again, I would put Marcus Johansson between those two because he can play with them. He is... He is I would be very curious to see him play with those two because I think when I see him make plays, it's not bad. And my consistent problem in my brief time of watching Marcus Johansson so far has been that I don't see him bring his game up to where it should be consistently. I think if you if you played him with 97 and 22, he would be forced to. I would take a look there because all I want is a guy again that can keep up and make plays for those two I don't need anything else because I just want him to make them look good and my frustration right now is watching Kaprizov and you're right Dex he is basically trying to play three positions um to your drop pass point Kaprizov had a play there was a play in I think it was the third period too 
where he didn't do a drop pass. He brought the puck in. He literally, so he brings the puck in. And I'll go back to what impresses me, and I had no idea how damn strong on the puck he is. He's a strong, I mean, he is a very strong kid. So he brought the puck in, I think, right wing side. He brought it down to the corner, then to the left of Grubauer. And and the play didn't go places, but he had done all this by himself to create something. And I'll ask you this. How many wild players, forwards especially, in the past few years have had that ability? Parisi can work his butt off. So don't get me wrong there. He goes in the corners. He works hard. But I'm talking about the ability to basically navigate through traffic, right? Control the puck, be strong on the puck, and and establish the zone. And again, to use the term that I think we talked about after the first or second uh, Kings game, to establish the pace of that shift, the pace of that play. Kaprizov does that. And can you imagine... If they put him with a center who was just good, so I'm not talking about an all-star. I'm talking about just a viable guy who had speed. Can you imagine what this guy could potentially do? Yeah, it would be it would be certainly special if you could figure out some way to get the uh, a fast center who can move up and down the ice with this kid because he deserves it. And right now, basically, Dean Avison is using him as a decoy to elevate other players who don't belong playing alongside with them. I get that philosophy. I completely understand. But if you can find some competent center to do it, then all of a sudden it changes the makeup of the team. It's just like finding an ace pitcher. There's rumor, uh, I guess I'm seeing on my timeline right now, Nelson Cruz has come back. So Nelson Cruz coming back to the Minnesota Twins, a one-year deal. You put Cruz in the lineup, it makes everything else better down the middle. Marcelo so, Zuna scared Nelson Cruz. He's I like, oh my God, so. I'm going to resign. Hey, oh, I, I, we'll, we'll probably break down that signing more on Mackie and Judd tomorrow. Cheap plug, find that uh, tomorrow afternoon around on your podcast feeds and as well on Score North on, on Apple, Spotify, Facebook. Judd. Evening Judd. He's on fire right now. There's no sleep for the Judds all get. He's drinking water, water. I'm drinking tequila. So that's how this usually rolls. Um, but yeah, if you can find a competent center, it changes the entire basically formula and how the wild want to go about this so i think that that's basically this is going to be who the wild are obviously when you're down kevin fiala against a team like colorado it's going to make things very difficult to do that's why i'm excited to see what happens on thursday i mean you're still down polino you're still rolling a couple scrubs in because of the covid situation at the same time fiala does change things and especially if with mckinnon being out week to week the wild will have a a, a slighter advantage with fiala back in the lineup yeah and don't don't Forget too that that before he got suspended, Fiala, I believe in the previous two games before the suspension, Declan had played great. He was starting to play great. He was getting scoring chances, asserting himself. I, I felt like the start to his year was a little bit slow because we saw a snapshot, and it was a pretty long one of what he can do in uh, last year. February into March, right? Like we saw the snapshot of, oh my God, this guy is a superstar talent. Uh, and, and then to start this year, I thought he was a little bit, not shaky, but just not great. But the two games before he got uh, suspended against the Kings, he had started to play really, really well. And he is a guy who I think you're probably right. I think at, at this point in time, if you can have two good lines, take them. So, so. It's it's Erickson Eck, Greenway, Felino slash Hartman, and then it's uh Kaprizov, Fiala, a a you know, I say Johansson, right. you say Bukestead, but the point being is if you put 
Fiala and Kaprizov together, you're going to generate chances. You just will. Uh, and then your third and fourth lines are guys. I mean, who cares at, at, at that point? Um, I've got a question for you about the power play. So yeah. the, power pl- the power play by my count now, Declan Goff, is uh, three for 42. It was one for three tonight. It okay. uh, it did score when uh, Kaprizov scored the Wilds' lone goal of the evening. But here's my question for you. Um, I continue to be baffled by how they're doing this. And here's why. First power play, okay? First power play tonight before Spurgeon got hurt. Bukestead, Benino, who's in there to win draws, because I think Dean, I think Dean freaked out when Zach got beat on draws continually in, in those Kings games. So it's it's Bukestead on the left, I believe. Benino in the middle, okay. Kaprizov, Suter, and Spurgeon. Your your second power play though, and here's where my confusion lies. Here's yeah. where my confusion lies. Your second power play is Rask, your guy Jerry. Okay, like I mean, you got to plug a guy in, I guess. But here's where I'm confused: Parisi, Brodine, and Hunt. All right, let me ask you this. Okay, two switches. One is, I why would why would Parisi not be on that first power play? Bukestead is. Benino is. Now, Benino is there solely to try to win a puck possession off the draw, okay? But like Nick Bukestead does nothing that makes me think to to myself, man, you know what? First power play, Bukestead above Parisi. The second one I don't get is if he's going to play and if he's going to play the way that he played tonight, I would put on the power play specialty teams, I would put Hunt above Suter every time. Absolutely. Like what? What does? What am I missing that Ryan Suter brings to the power play that makes him a first power play guy? Keeping in mind that he started the season on the second power play, and I thought that was very fair and a perfect slot. But you know, Brad Hunt's aggressive. He's got a good shot. Mm-hmm. He can move the puck, and and I am certainly not trying to insinuate that, that I think he should play a lot more five on five. But explain to me why Parisi and why Brad Hunt would not be on the first power play because that really confuses me. I, I what well what's what makes things complicated is you lose Dumba, you lose Fiala. Okay, those are two number one guys. I, I know both. I know uh, Dean has has tinkered with moving them around on number one and two units, but those are number one power play unit guys. Okay, that and it's one thing for your bench to get shrunken like that, but it's one thing to lose your two of your top five most lethal power play dudes. I completely agree with you that Brad Hunt needs power play time. Brad Hunt plays. Brad Hunt has a job in the NFL, excuse me, the NHL for the power play. Right. If, if if he was not a power play specialist, look, Brad Hunt, we love you. God love you. God bless you. You wouldn't be in this league. It's his howitzer and it's his point power play that's going to make him his bacon. Mm-hmm. So he absolutely needs some time. I also agree with our comment, commenter Daniel here. If Jordan Greenway is killing it five on five, if you would have told me 10 games into the season that Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid would be the only two players who had more power play points than Jordan Greenway, I would have said, what are you smoking and where are you finding it? Because that would have never crossed my mind for any reason. But at this point, give Greenway number one time. It's so putrid. It's so bad that I guess throw whatever bleep you want against the wall and see what works. But man, woof. You should play on it. And yeah, the, yes, you should. Dan's right. Greenway too. I, I mean, net front presence. 
he's worked his ass off. In fact, I think that as good as Eck has been, I think that Jordan Greenway right now might be the best story on this team as far as guys who we basically were saying, dude, are you really going to be Charlie Coyle? Like, are you really going to, I've had one good game and now I'm going to take four games off. Greenway, every night I feel like for the most part, as far as I can tell this year, brings it, looks damn good, is in shape. And yeah, he's exactly right. Play him first power play, but or, or play him power play for sure. I just don't understand how how um, Bukestead and and Jerry and Rask rate power play time uh, above guys like a Greenway or heck, you know what, Eck as well. Yeah, Eck as well. That that Eck Hartman Greenway line tonight, I thought was really good. And, and Hartman. You talk about a guy who's brought it. He brings it. Like, uh, he's not the most talented dude, but he plays hard. But, yeah, Jordan Greenway has done everything that I think Bill Guerin, before uh, Greenway left after the bubble, he has done everything that he has been asked to do. He has been fantastic. Give him power play time. But it just seems to me that when I'm telling you that the first power play is Benino, Bukestead, Kaprizov, Suter, and Spurgeon, that it does not surprise me that they've struggled. And it does not surprise me that I believe the guts of the power play on which Kaprizov scored was the second power play. That's a prezi pass. That's what Zach does. And, and Joe, we're getting some commenters that are saying the same kind of things. Are, are, are you a little concerned with Zach Prezi? I mean, it, it, not, not piling up points yet. Does he? Some people think he looks a little slow. I, I personally, personally think it's been a lot of snake bitten. He does. He had just. He's he's been right there in front of the net, trying to get those garbage goals. I mean, look, Zach's never going to wow you with his skill. He's going to outwork you. That's been his bread and butter since he came in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but are, have you been concerned at all with how Zach's looked through about a dozen games here? I'm not concerned because of this. One is, I think he is. I think he scores goals and streaks. So I think if he gets one, he'll get five. Right. Um, but the second thing is. Ladies and gentlemen, look at his age. Look at his style of play. We've been talking about this, Declan, coming for three years. He's going to wear down. Like, he does not play a game that's conducive to being 40 and playing. (laughs) He is going to wear down. Um, I think he's a very smart player. I still think that he is going to work hard. I think he's going to bring what he can bring. But as far as, as I think the expectation of a consistent point production, no, I'm not surprised. Like, he spent his whole career getting beat up, right? He gets beat up at the corners. He goes in front of the net. All of those things, which, because he was never an all-star on skill. He yep. was an all-star on some skill and a lot of grit and hard work and greasy goals. Uh, and he's taken a ton of cross-checks. He's taken a ton of hits. So, no, and I do I do think that he'll get hot, and I do think that he'll go through stretches where he is good again. Um, but that being said, I think the days of expecting a ton here, are done and you know let's call a spade a spade your two best forwards by far like there's no debate here are fiala kaprizov or kaprizov fiala those are your two guys everybody else fall into line do your job which is what i love about the Eck lines they do their job right. and like greenway right now is working his butt off that's that's great to see but when we're talking about guys who have skill, like when we're t- talking about top line guys that have the potential to take over a game, their names are Kirill and Kevin. Yes. The, the two K's. And after that, a guy like Parisi will still play hard and he'll still do his, his job. Um, and 
on the back end, the same holds true in in some ways for Suter. Like Suter has some rough shifts now, man. There are some times where, yeah, in, in fact, Dan just said that um, th- that he is showing his age. Um, yeah, there are times, and this is not the first time, but again, we're talking about a guy who what broke his leg and foot a couple of years ago, got hurt again last year. I mean, Suits is no kid. These two are no kids. They are they are going to be at some point in time here who they are. But like the expectation of, well, you got the big contract, put that away because these guys are past that. Like that that had to win you a Stanley Cup deck on two or three years ago. Exactly. Now, now they're going to have their roles and they're still going to be, I think, productive players, but they are not going to be upper echelon guys. There are very few guys on this team who are, um, and it starts with Fiala and Kaprizov and hopefully Spurgeon and guys like that. Exactly. And if, if the Wild are going to be relevant this year, it's going to be literally dragging, or it's going to be Kaprizov and Fiala dragging them to relevancy until they find a number one center. You know, goaltending, I think, has it mostly been fine this year. It's been a lot improved. Yep. No one expected them to be top five or, or, or Cam Talbot to challenge for a Vesna. They just need a competent goaltending, and they've gotten that. Even with Cam Talbot having a shakier game tonight, Cam Talbot wasn't the reason the Wild lost tonight. The Wild lost because they couldn't bury any puck in front of right in front of Grubauer, which has been classic them. You're they, that Grubauer, too. You ripped him before the season oh, started. I buy How this. about that night he had tonight? I, huh? I, I don't huh? buy this. If Colorado was serious, call me up. Your, your assistant GM, Declan Goff, will tell you what you need. You need a true goaltender, my friends. Go find one because uh, you have a talented team and you're ready to go, but you need a real goaltender and it ain't Philip Grubauer. Sorry, Colorado. And, th- and this comes from someone, by the way, a lot of Wild fans don't like watching the Colorado Avalanche and think it, it's, it's lame to watch them. I enjoy watching good hockey. I enjoy watching good hockey players. I in, if, if Colorado was in the Stanley Cup this year, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset because they got talent up and down up and down the roster. Absolutely. Just like I said, I wouldn't be upset if Green Bay Packers made it to the Super Bowl this year because I wanted to watch Aaron Rodgers, okay? I'm not just an antagonist. I want to watch good things happen. Uh, but with the Wild, yes, Kaprizov, Fiala, that is going to be your bread and butter. That's what it's going to be. Uh, the Avs quickly, okay? So I, I had seen him play in parts of about four or five games uh, before this four-game series against the Wild started. And I told you I had a weird feeling about them. Yep. It's confirmed now. All right. Number one, they are fast as hell. Like, they are. Oh, they're fun. Their speed is great. McCarr, McKinnon, they're great. Um, but we saw it again tonight, and it's this. They're spotty, and they don't focus on the game for huge amounts of time. I thought in the second period tonight, Declan, that the Wild spent much of that period taking it to the Avs, and the Avs were turning over pucks. I mean, Greenway had a great chance that Grubauer made a nice save on, Uh, but it was a turnover. It was awful. Like, he was given the puck. He was gifted the puck. Uh, So if, if you're a good team, and you play the abs in, in the playoffs, they are susceptible, no question. And yeah, it's going to come down to what does the Wild believe that their window of opportunity, specifically for 2021, is. Hey, I wanted to touch on something quick. Yeah. The drop pass thing, okay? So yeah. so I'm watching because I'm with you, and you know what drives me nuts? And it's now, it, it's been in vogue for years now. What drives me absolutely crazy is, and McKinnon can do it, but lots of guys can't, is the whole head of steam drop pass. So yes. I cross center and then I drop the puck back and you Declan Goff, you take it and you're coming through the zone. Uh, now there are guys, there are McDavid, 
McKinnons, they can do it. Okay, that's fine. But there's a lot of guys who are like, okay, cool. I'll take the puck and I'll get to the blue line and be met. Um, here's what I don't get. So two nights ago in the Montreal Vancouver game, in, in which the in which the Habs, who by the way look fantastic, yeah. blew out the Canucks. Their game plan was really smart, was to meet the guy who got the drop pass. So don't let him just fly through. Like go so so a forward, I believe, circled back and went and covered the guy who was going to get the drop pass. So the guy got the drop pass and was met by by a Montreal player immediately. It was a great play. He coughed the puck up like a choking pig and lost it. And I believe that the Canadian scored. But the point being off of what you said is, why don't more teams address that? Like the drop pass to me seems to be inviting disaster if it's defensed well. And it just seems like there's this acceptance of, well, that's what they're going, you know, that's what they're going to drop the puck. That's actually, if you can meet that guy, that's a golden opportunity to force a really, really uh, quick change and a really good chance. Look, if you're a team like Colorado and you have great talent up front, you know, if you're McKinnon, you're skating in and you have someone like Ratnan or someone on or Landeskog that's trailing behind you or vice versa, yep. do the drop pass because you have the horses to do it. If you're Kirill Kaprizov and you're dropping it for Marcus Johansson, right. Luke Johnson, or right. Kyle Rao, right. or Nick Benino, no, Kirill, oh. full steam ahead, kid. But why wouldn't you, coaching-wise, meet that pass? Meet the guy who's going to get the pass. Right. And, and I, you don't have to do this every game. But my point is, like, if you do this occasionally, one, it's going to surprise them, and two, the puck's basically at the opposing blue line. And if you get the puck, it's essentially at that point in time, one-on-one. Yep. It's a great opportunity. I yeah. Yeah. I, you know, God bless him again, but if it's Kyle Rao and, and I'm the abs, okay, I'll take my chances. Yeah. No way. Like what's the worst that's going to happen there? Yeah, no way, man. It just drives me crazy. Cause it's such a, it, it's such a defensible part of the game that you would think that there would be more teams that had come up with a scheme to sort of end, end it. I mean, in football, in football, that play would have been out of the playbook five years ago. Yeah. And in hockey, they just sort of allow it to happen. Hey, he's got the puck. I and guess. Like, no. And final thoughts here as we wrap up is, is probably, you know, if, if you want to get in a track meet and if you want to get in a skill meet with yep. Colorado, you're going to lose every single time. You know, it, it's the same kind of analogy I think we used on, on our one timer on Monday where if you want to, if, if you want to race the 100, if you want to be a sprinter against Colorado, you're going to lose. If if we're talking the 1600 or the 1800, a little distance run, you got a shot. You got a shot to win this race. But if you want to sprint, you're going to lose because that's not the wild don't have the horses to basically to keep up and be a sprinter. And that's where they're at right now. They, they, they're going to have to play a sound game and yep. put all their eggs in the top basket. What's going on over here? I'm got a North Stars jersey. Come. Is that one of the new ones, Judd? Or is this one of the original? No, this is original, baby. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's original. Check this out. Okay. Al McAdam for you. Al McAdam. How 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 old is that jersey? How long have you had that one? Around seven. Uh, I think I got it around eighty one. And I think it's from it, it's from when they went. I think to the Stanley Cup Finals in eighty one ish. So yeah, it's I old. was negative eleven years old. Yep. I'm not sure how old our YouTube audience was when uh, that last That's happened. The jersey, ladies and gentlemen. That's the jersey. That. One of the no, it's Edina Judd. It's Edina. The Edina Hornets. We don't like those. No, we're the Wild now. We're the wild now. We do. We 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 we've moved on from the North Stars. We don't. We don't. We don't pay homage to them. We don't like that. We don't like that. 
Sorry, that's folks. our sarcasm, by the way. I love, I, I love the rare I know you do. I know I you do. Stars. I know you do. It's great. Bring it back. All right, so we're done. Uh, uh, last game of this series is on Thursday. I don't know if we're going to do a show after that game, but we are going to do another edition, a full edition of Judd's Hockey Show on Wednesday that you could probably find, what, around 2 o'clock or so? Yeah. Declan, is that fair enough to say? Uh, with our podcast feed, I'm sure there'll be some highlights as well on Twitter. Wild lose uh, two to one tonight. Plenty to talk about as always. I'm Judd and Declan, do your thing. Pass shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.